0: everybody and welcome to the hill News' arts and entertainment podcast my name is hannah i'm a managing editor turned digital helper this semester as i decided to stay home this fall i hope everybody on campus is doing well and keeping safe and i want to give a special shout out to chloe mcconnell the infamous chloe's corner author for this lovely intro music thank you thank you thank you So, with this being an arts and entertainment podcast, it can change and evolve as I continue on with it, but I want to use the platform to recap this week's and last week's published pieces in the paper, as well as covering a subject that I want to dive deeper into. This could be film, TV, music, writing, books, art, anything that falls under that label of arts and entertainment. This week, I want to cover the overlooming topic that's been affecting both pieces in the paper, but everyone around you, COVID-19. I know you're probably tired hearing about it, but the fact of the matter is, is that it's going to affect us now and the arts and entertainment industries in the foreseeable future, even when we get a handle on it. I want to look into these relationships between the pandemic and the arts and entertainment industries and what it means for them. So on that note, let's jump into the past two weeks recap. So last week we kicked off the beginning of publication pretty great. We had a bunch of different topics covered in the arts and entertainment section, from reviews to looks at concerts under COVID. I do want to focus on two of them, one of them being the top ten movies to force your family unit to watch by the lovely Emily Brisson. I really loved this one. This was a list of ten different movies that you can watch safely with your family unit, which might just bring you closer together. My personal favorite within that list was, of course, number seven, Mamma Mia, and Mamma Mia Here We Go Again, which Brisson says, quote, this is for the girls and the gays. That's it, period, end quote. I could not agree more. I love Mamma Mia. Thank you. The other one that I want to mention is about Javedz, our lovely section editor for the Arts and Entertainment publication, who wrote a piece about concerts in the time of Corona, She looked at a scientist in Germany who was looking for answers of questions like, what will concerts look like if they come back? How can we bring them back safely? And so basically the scientists split a bunch of people into groups. They all had to negatively test for COVID. One of them had no safety guidelines, so it was just like a normal concert. The other had social distancing and hygienic measures put in place and then the last had strict policies like having half the number of attendants and more thorough social distancing requirements. She writes that, quote, the hopes are that the experiment can help us understand not only how COVID spreads in large indoor settings, but also help us figure out how we can slowly return to some form of pre-pandemic life once COVID is over. Although it may be a long time from now, it is helpful to learn this information now so that we are equipped to return once again. I really love this article because it kind of ignited what I wanted to dive deeper into because I was constantly wondering both in March and now, will we ever go back to normal or will we have to adapt to a new type of normalcy? What that will look like for things like concerts, things like Broadway experiences, and how both us as consumers and performers have to adapt to that. And this week we continued just as wonderfully. Half of our articles were about COVID and the arts and entertainment industry. I think it's really interesting to always see other people's perspectives as well as what their guess is as to what it might look like in the future within music, film, all that good stuff. One of the articles that really caught my eye was Emily Harris's piece about books versus movies which as someone who loves both passionately it's an ongoing debate within that community she sums it up really well in her final paragraph saying quote a movie can't quite do what a book can and vice versa but if done well both experiences can be awesome just watch the movie first if you like to be surprised while reading and I couldn't have said it better myself. I totally agree. I think both have different experiences. But if you love one and they have the other, if you love a book and they have a movie, vice versa, checking out both is always a great thing to do. And something I touched upon this week that I thought was super relevant was the Oscars. The Academy just announced that they have new diversity requirements for anybody looking to be a nominee these aren't going to be implemented until 2024, but they basically give four categories. Some of them involve employment and diverse employment. Some of them involve who the main characters are played by, and so on. And so films, if they want to become nominees for the Oscars, have to fulfill two out of the four categories. It was really interesting to look at this, not just from a hey, great, maybe we can be more inclusive in the future, even if this is a baby step, but also how major industries might be able to subvert those requirements. I'm really curious to see basically what the Oscars nominees look like in the future after that's implemented, if they'll still look like what they do today, or if they genuinely will look diverse. So we'll have to wait and see. So thank you to everybody who wrote for the arts and entertainment section this week. And with that recap over, we're next going to dive in into COVID and arts and entertainment industries. From quarantine up until now, it's been really interesting to see everybody consuming things like Netflix, film, music at a higher rate because some of us have more free time while the industries that produce them might not be able to do so at this time. And it made me wonder how we would be able to go back to a time where the consumption can match the production of that and the effects that it has on those industries as people demand more, but it simply cannot be produced, though that demand forces people's hands sometimes, which then allows them to adapt to that new normal. So before we dive into specific industries, I just wanted to give a general overview as to things that have changed within the arts and entertainment industries overall. One, films have been pushed back in release date or in filming, or they're now being sent straight to streaming. Two, instead of in-person concerts, music artists are now turning to virtual concerts and participation in virtual events such as COVID relief broadcasts. If they are able to perform at things like the VMAs, there's no audience around them. Three, museums all around the country were shut down for months and are slowly reopening at small capacity, along with smaller amounts of access to the galleries. Four, Broadway has been closed for six months now and will continue to be closed till at least January 2021. Five TV shows have been adjusting or are being pushed towards next year if they can't be adjusted for filming. Soap opera stars are now making out with mannequins, which I thought was really funny because obviously they can't be making out with people under such a pandemic. And This is just to name a few before we really dive into the first category that I want to, but it's very obvious that people are attempting to adjust to a new normal, but that it will look very, very different now and in the future. I first want to talk about film and TV, mostly about shooting and filmmaking during these times, as well as theater openings and release dates for those films. Well, first off, if we want to look at filmmaking and the shooting of film and TV, it's been really interesting to see different approaches as to how to do that under different safety precautions. Groups like Blumhouse Productions have created a bubble that's similar to the NBA, where actors and film crew quarantined separately in the weeks leading up to production, and then they get tested every week or so. This does seem to be working. They're continuing on with what they need to do and with all of their film production. But we've also seen people not do so well like in the production of Batman, where Robert Pattinson just recently tested positive for COVID and that's the big consequence of not taking those precautions seriously because once one person tests positive, the entire production itself needs to shut down, which then pushes back both release date and possibly in some cases the budget. The production company didn't disclose that they were following different precautions like the Blumhouse productions did. And it hasn't been proven that they did not follow the above precautions, but that was filmed in the UK. And so it's very obvious that globally, all of these things need to be taken seriously if they want a chance of continuing on a normal production timeline. Another aspect of film that's going to be heavily affected by COVID-19 is theaters, theater reopening, and the box office. As we've seen within the year, AMC announced bankruptcy. Multiple theaters are expected to close within the future. Unfortunately, especially smaller theaters that might be more locally owned. Regal has been slowly announcing different safety precautions that they've been taking, such as only allowing half theater capacity, putting seats between groups of people, along with sanitation periods between showings, which is honestly the great way to go. I wish they would do that anyways. Um, But we also need to ask if this is still enough money to keep those theaters afloat and what the future of film might look like obviously there is a large amount of people dedicated to going and looking and seeing those films in the theater to have that experience i know that there's certain films i prefer to go and see on the big screen but at the same time will the box office allow for that or Will the way that they've been doing it now, where they send things straight to streaming, provide enough revenue for those films? Uh, We saw that in Mulan this past week, where Disney released it for $30 on their streaming service. But at the same time, they also announced that it would be free in December. And so releasing these digitally, will that counteract the lack of theaters open? Or will it make it easier to pirate and rip these movies off so that they're not creating as much money? And then they'll be forced to go back to the theaters as they reopen, which might then mean that more production dates and more release dates are pushed into the later end of the year when it could be guaranteed more people can go and see them. And then there's some movies that are just completely put into the unknown. They've been pushed back from their original release date, but there's no announcement as to when they even may possibly be released. Films like St. Maud, Green Knight, most notably Black Widow, which I feel they keep pushing back and back and probably won't release until people can go back to the theaters. That being said, with very few releases this year, there might be one singular silver lining keeping me afloat within the film world right now, which is that if the Oscars still decide to put on their award ceremony for this year, there is a very good chance that Sonic the Hedgehog could win Best Picture. Am I saying that this will solve all of my problems? No. But it would definitely be a profound step forward. Next, I want to jump into music and Broadway. As I had mentioned in Ibby's article, the future of concerts is really unpredictable right now because they're such tight and packed spaces. Some countries have attempted drive-in concerts where people remain in their cars while they watch. Others have created open areas with socially distanced mats where people could set up chairs and bring drinks, which I love this idea. It feels very calm, but a good opportunity to enjoy the people that you're with and the concert itself instead of being in a sweaty mosh pit with beer accidentally spilled on you. Sounds lovely. But we've also seen people who have ignored quarantine and these social distancing guidelines with no precautions put in place. Groups like Chainsmokers and Smash Mouth, out of anybody, have been the people who were, I guess, worth breaking those social distancing codes. And I just want to know, like, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Was it a really good concert? Was it worth it? Um, But in the future, uh, many concerts are going to be postponed until 2021. Publications like Variety suggest no concerts will be able to happen until 2022. And this all depends on how our country decides to handle it, whether we can flatten that curve and when we can do that. And then, of course, looking into socially distant guidelines, as well as how many people might actually want to attend a concert under those guidelines, we probably won't see a normalized concert experience, unfortunately, for a very long time. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Broadway is now closed until January 2021, Many members of Broadway in different productions, from performers to lighting crew to stage managers, have spoken up as to what it is like to be an arts worker during the pandemic, both financially and mentally. Performance was often an outlet for many of them. And again, as we've seen for music and Broadway and that industry as a whole, it's really unpredictable right now, whereas film can be released and streamed. It's not so easy to do so with things like concerts and Broadway productions, of course. On that note, I do want to give a little exposure to the Artists Relief Fund. If you feel passionately about the arts and want to support them and their workers so that they can continue on with their art, It is a good fund to donate to if you have the ability to do so. They've been helping a lot with grants so people can continue their projects as well as keeping everybody involved in such productions and the music industry as a whole afloat both before and during the pandemic. Next up, I just want to touch on museums because I love museums a lot They have obviously had to shut down throughout quarantine and lost a lot of their funding from ticket revenue, and so they heavily relied on donations. On March 25th, a $2 trillion relief package was given by the government. $75 million went to the National Endowments for the Arts. $50 million went to the Institute of Library and Museum Sciences. And $7.5 million went to the Smithsonian. This is all great, of course, but that money went directly to that National Endowment of Arts, who then had to work separating on who deserves that money, and under $100 million for six months, I think it is now, is not a lot to span the entire country and everyone who is considered arts or arts and entertainment. You can't support both building costs and the people involved in arts with that money, so a lot of it went to being able to keep museums open but not necessarily being able to support those who work within them. And then we've seen institutions like the Met have a scare of not being able to survive which did not bode well for smaller museums and we see that now. The Met is obviously a very high-tier museum. It's very well known and so they have a lot of more wealthy folks donating to them. So though they had to cancel the Met Gala, they're gonna be fine. And they're actually slowly reopening now. But according to USA Today, a third of museums fear and still worry about not being able to financially recover from that pandemic. And it's really difficult to have to balance between do we try to stay afloat? Who deserves what money to stay open? along with the fact that these museums are preserving history. And in my opinion, you can't really determine which one has more value or which one is more deserving to be kept preserved or kept on display. But museums obviously have been adapting to different changes and taking many safety measures. As I mentioned earlier, the Met has been functioning at 25% capacity and continues to have periods of sanitation and other safety precautions that are put in place. A lot of museums that have been slowly reopening seem to be doing pretty great with adapting to the new safety measures. I went to the Buffalo Museum of Science recently and they gave everyone styluses for the interactive portions of the exhibits but they only had one floor open of their four which is interesting and I'm curious to see as to how many people are buying tickets then or are waiting for them to completely reopen but I think they've been doing a good job of keeping everyone safe while also allowing them to go and see what they want to see and interact with those exhibits still. So I'm really excited for museums to slowly open up fully, but I also worry about the smaller ones that still carry so much important history and the work that might have to close. It's awful that we have to choose between which ones will stay open and which ones will stay closed or perhaps what exhibits will continue to be shown versus which ones won't and all that good stuff. But obviously everyone has to adapt to the new normal and being able to take those safety precautions while still allowing people to enjoy museums is most important. And I wanna end it on a note of The fact that while most arts and entertainment industries are being affected, may not still be open, may not be able to produce work at such quality or quantity that we were able to get before the pandemic hit, has also done some very lovely things lately, especially in the current health crisis and social climate. Now more than ever, there's the push for social equality, social justice, and social change. More people than I've ever seen now are using their platforms to speak up. More people are using their art to get these messages across. And these are in many, many accessible forms. Art has always been an accessible way to get different messages across for anybody who is willing to look at them. And I think that's the beauty in art and entertainment is its ability to elicit such empathy, something we so desperately need right now. And we've seen the art suffer and struggle during this pandemic, but I feel like I'm constantly reminded as to why it's so important. You have to use your art, use your words and use your visuals for good. It's our generation's task to make sure that the future is equitable and sustainable for everyone here. And on that note, That wraps up this episode of the podcast. I hope everybody has a lovely week, and I will talk to you guys again very soon.